You're listening to the program Youth Assembly on Click Niger Internet Radio, a conversation amongst young people about trending, topical, and political issues that concern the youth. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and watch us live on Click Niger. Hello, how are you doing today? Welcome to Youth assembly how is your mental health this new week i hope you are doing so well that you are ready to face every challenges that a week have to offer well it will come but we will overcome all right it's a psychological effect today as we look at causes of suicide amongst nigerian youths on youth assembly today now according to the world health organization who uh, research has uh, was carried out in 2016 where nigeria came out as the highest as having the highest rate of suicide amongst uh, African countries with over 17,000 lives lost to suicide. Now, recently, Nigerians were left stunned uh, by the death of Dele Bandele, a young man who took his own life after he left a suicide note to his loved ones. Now, like in many cases, suicide amongst uh, youths uh, has um, become rampant and people are asking the question, what could have led a young person who is supposed to be so vibrant and full of life to bring his life to a halt by committing suicide? That is one question we intend to answer today. I have with me psychologist in the house, Mr. Ayo. Yes, Mr. Ayo Ajibe. He is a clinical psychologist and team lead mentally aware Nigeria Mani Abuja chapter. Welcome, Mr. Ayo. Thank you. It's a pleasure being with you. Okay, I have another person, a psychotherapist, who is by the name Hawa Bello. Welcome, madam. And also welcome to you, Ale Odiame, for joining us. Ale Odiame is a mental health counselor. Welcome, Ayo. Ale. Okay, so first and first, I'll start with you, uh, Mr. Ayo. What, uh, what was your reaction when you heard of the death of the young Bandele Bandele from suicide days after his birthday. Thank you so much. Um, hearing about Billy's uh, issues specifically, I only felt like, okay, that's one person we are unable to reach out to as an organization, as also as an individual. It's a sad uh, instance, it's a sad story, but it's also a motivation for us that, and a poke on the side for us that we also have a lot of work to do in terms of awareness and letting people know that there are a lot of things that can be done and people are getting uh, treatment for this kind of uh, um, thought process and people are getting better. And by the time they look back, they discover that there are better ways to things or there are other options rather than that of um, thinking of handing it. So it's a sad story if I'm being specific about delegation. Thank you. Mm. Now, now, most suicide cases that we see often leave more questions than answers. People are asking, what could have gone wrong? Um, what made this young man to take his life? Oh, his life was going so well for him. Why did he do this? So um, I would like to ask the psychotherapist in the building, Ms. Hawa Bello, um, what do you think could trigger a young person to take the decision to commit suicide? Can you hear me, madam? Hawa Bello. Yes. Okay, so I'm asking, most suicide cases leave questions than answers. People are asking why. So what do you think could trigger a young person to take um, to take that decision to commit suicide? Um, so there are a lot of things that could... Yes, go ahead, please. 
Okay, so I was saying that um, there are a lot of things that could cause someone to commit suicide. Mm -hmm. And of course, since we're talking about the mental health issue, so the, um, a lot of times the person actually has a mental health issue. Um, something we do joke around with in terms of depression, for example, is one of the leading cause of um, suicide among young people. So um, bullying, um, different types of mental health issues like depression, anxiety, um, a whole lot of reasons, trauma, things that could make somebody become hopeless and worthless and in his or her own side could actually push the person to commit um, suicide. So people who have um, even schizophrenia, for example, um, that is um, another type of mental health issue can actually uh, be pushed to commit suicide. And I think I also need to say here that um, suicide is the um, second leading cause of death among children, adolescents, and young adults. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate the fact that you're talking about this because most of the time we do sweep the things under the carpet and we don't recognize that um, it's a very, very big issue. Um, I, I know you haven't asked me this question, but I hear a lot of people say that um, we Africans are happy people and all that, so uh, perhaps it's a white man um, thing. But obviously, it's not a white man thing, and a whole lot of things can push people to um, commit suicide. Mm. Okay, Mr. Ale. Yes. yes, so we have 17,000 from the report by, uh, from WHO in 2016. 17,000 lives were lost to suicide in Nigeria. Uh, Nigeria with the highest suicidal rate in Africa. Now, how did Nigeria even get to this place? Just like Hajia or Hawa mentioned earlier, that we Africans, people are of the opinion that Africans are strong. There are so many challenges that we've been able to overcome. Why would a young person so full of life take his life? So, um, Mr. Ale, take it from here. Okay, well, um, as you have rightly said, it is a public health issue because, um, as you said, Nigeria has the highest, the highest, and um, if you even check the ratio, you see that um, we have a ratio of 53 to 47% for men to women, so it's kind of affecting the male gender more than that of the female gender. So one um, leading cause of this that I think is the leading cause of this is the fact that um, as small as the family unit is, this is supposed to be the functional unit where um, whatever you face inside, if you come home to your family, you should get some kind of buffer. Even at that level, a lot of people are still facing the challenges that they face outside at home. So as a result of this, when they go outside and they are traumatized, there's still no place for solace, no place for comfort or soccer when they eventually come home. So it is, um, as, as it is, families are no more playing that fundamental role that they used to play. And um, it also appears that um, another thing affecting the youth is that parents are clearly giving up on their responsibilities towards their children. And what they now think of is, the only thing that I need to provide for my children is provide for them financially, give them the best things they need, give them, they will go, let them go to the best schools. But for psychological and emotional reinforcement, that is not there anymore. And once this is lacking, it definitely affects the children. Hmm. Okay, um, from the suicide bill that was dropped 
by Dele before he died, God bless his soul. He actually mentioned um, about a line or two suggesting that something went wrong in his family. And like you mentioned, Mr. Ale, the family has a responsibility to um, cater for the mental health of their children. So he, he like you said something that would suggest that the father wasn't actually there. But let's hear from you, um, Mr. Ayo, why you think uh, this is so? Why family plays an important role in making sure that your children are well off in terms of mental health? Thank you so much. Uh, the first unit of every individual is the family. So the family is significant right from birth till death in the life of every individual. So the environment where you grew up, which is also the family, the beliefs that you have in that family matters a lot. And this takes us to one of the major things that actually contributes to uh, society in terms of the study of psychology. We're not looking at the type of illness that's related to now. We have a lot of uh, faulty belief system, which we call cognitive distortions, that are mostly found with uh, within the family units. So the kind of belief we've kind of uh, sort of passed into the children or uh, into the people in the environment through the family units, the kind of uh, thought pattern, thinking system, interpersonal relations, uh, relation styles, assertiveness styles, and every other thing. So you are introduced to various things from the family. So the family have a significant job to do. And the parenting style of the parents uh, also matters and contributes strongly to this. Most of us develop low self-esteem, loss of identity, low self-confidence, low self-worth from the way we were managed, from the way we were trained. And some of us also develop high confidence, you know, from the way we we're trained. Some of us uh, kind of inherit trauma from our family unit because that's another thing. You can actually inherit trauma and trauma is one of the causes of suicide among humans, not just youth alone. So you can also inherit trauma. So what we're saying is that if we have a faulty family unit or a faulty family system, it has a significant, you know, it becomes a significant predictor of future mental health issues, which one of them is uh, suicide. So is family unit very, very vital and important to uh, controlling uh, suicide in the present and in the future? Yes, because we have family history of mental illness also. So if a particular member of the family has lived with one or two types of mental illness, it also means that the children in that family are probably uh, kind of predisposed to one or two types of uh, mental illness. You, you also, mean the loss of mental illness can be inherited? Is that what you're saying? Mental illness, yes, there is genetic predisposition to some okay. of uh, mental, some types of mental health. So there's a genetic predisposition to it. You know, like uh, if, if schizophrenia, some also depression has also been found to have a genetic uh, background to it. Also, the loss of a particular family member can also lead to this. The loss of a particular family member can also lead to this. If a family member is using substance or is going through trauma or other type of mental health issues, it also have effect on the child that is coming out of that mm. family unit. So is family units, you know, very, very important. It is extremely important because what even forms society is a combination of several family units. So if you have several defective family units or family system, it becomes a defective society. 
and that is why we have different different types of mental health issues you know body dysmorphic eating disorder bipolar schizophrenia and the likes so i agree with uh, mr ali saying that the family unit is very very important because those are one of the areas we focus on when we are trying to do awareness and manage treatment even if a patient walks in today by the time we trace the history you also discover discover that there is at least some fraction of family you know uh contribution to their current feeling to their current phase of populousness meaninglessness bodysome sense of no belongingness and the like there's a contribution of a family unit it may not be the whole family it may yes. be a significant family member so uh, I think um, uh, I agree with him. Family unit is very, very important in uh, controlling and managing uh, societal uh, talk or ideation of societal, societology. Okay, so when Thank the news you. of um, Bandele um, broke, um, so, so social media was hit by a lot of people talking about how people can be can reach out to people who have suicidal tendencies to reduce the rate of suicide in, in Nigeria or in the world. Uh, but the question is, what, how do we even identify people who have suicidal tendencies? Mrs. Hawa, please answer this question. Okay, um, some of the ways to, um, thank you for that, some of the ways to actually identify is when you notice that um, somebody has changes in eating habits, or sleeping habits, that's when the person begins to eat too much or eat too less, sleeps too much or sleeps too less, uh, the person begins to withdraw, the person uh, begins to avoid, you know, going out to places they used to enjoy going to before, the person is withdrawn, the person is quiet. Um, for teenagers and youths now, for example, the person begins to um, not want to go to school, they decline in their schoolwork, so they are not doing very well. So maybe an A student begins to um, fall in grade and becomes a C, C becomes F, um, he's always avoiding people, avoiding social um, contact. Um, then he begins to, the person is preoccupied by death. So you notice maybe the person saying, I wish I was dead. Um, yeah. I wish I was not leaving. The person begins to say things like that. And then the person also, some, sometimes you see them, they begin to dash out their things, you know, mm. getting ready for, okay, when I die, you know, those things I love, let me give it out. So they give out their things. They have the barest minimum with them. And you begin to wonder what's going on. You know, they begin to also withdraw from family and friends. And... Sometimes they complain um, headache, stomach pain, um, fatigue. They find different excuses not to go out and just be in their room. And then they begin to stop taking care of themselves. So they won't bathe, they won't brush their teeth. I mean, you know, the basic self-care an individual should do, um, they stop doing that. So when you notice any of these or all of these or, you know, a combination of things, you need to start asking questions. What is going on? And then you need to, you, of course, take this person for a proper psychological assessment to know, is this person battling depression? Um, is this person battling bullying? Is there um, a behavioral issue that is coming up? Is there impulsivity and all that? And then another thing I need to also say is when there's a family history of any mental health issue, mm -hmm. or there's a family history of suicide attempt in that family, there is always a higher tendency that that will happen again in that family. So if you notice any of these in any of the family members, 
a high time to, um, you know, let your antennas be up and try to find um, solutions to what is going on. Um, I also want to sometimes ask, you look at some people when they grieve, for example, let's take grief, for example, and uh, uh, these people tend to withdraw and they say, I've heard a lot of um, doctors like you say that there is a time to grieve. So what do you do? Well, how do you even differentiate that this person grieving isn't going to tend towards suicide? Okay, so um, the difference is in what the person is saying. Okay. Okay. For example, so if the person is not saying, I wish I was the one in the place of this person or I wish I was dead too, or something like that. If the person is not insinuating, you know, and then mm -hmm. grief has uh, the, 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 the initial deep grief has, you know, some timeline. So if this continues past that timeline, you need to start looking at what is happening. And then I used to also say, if this person had a mental health issue before the grief, do you understand? Okay. There is okay. something underlying, you know, there's something before the grief. You people shouldn't leave that person alone for one minute because you already know that there is trauma, there is something down there. Or this person is already battling mental health issues. And then this person loses a loved one. You definitely want to watch out for And if there is also a family history of um, a mental health issue or suicidal ideation before now, you want to watch out for it. And then okay. even when the person is grieving and they say there's a time to grieve, you want to keep an eye on this person. Regularly check on the person. Like, is this person okay? You want to know have they eaten? How are, you know, just keep checking. So in case there's anything, you can you can you can catch it on time. Mm -hmm. And then I also wanted to say something because um, um I think it was earlier that said that uh, men um, are more in the society, uh, the men commit suicide more. That mm -hmm. is very, very true. However, I wanted to also add that females make more attempts. So females make more attempts, but they don't have as much audacity to go full length like the men. So even though the men make less attempts, they would um, succeed more. The women make more attempts. So you see that a lot of women have actually attempted suicide, but they will never, um, they don't eventually kill themselves because maybe halfway through something happens or they are looking for a milder way, you know, so they take excess aspirin or they take excess medication. Or like a man that would go ahead and just, I want to do it, I want to do it. So we need to clarify that, that a lot of women actually attempt suicide more but men um, actualize their suicidal attempts more. I hope that makes sense. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, Mr. Allen. Okay. All right. Yeah. With, with, with the suggestions um, that, um, about people reaching out to uh, people who are grieving, who are people who, are, who have suicidal tendencies, do you think all of these approach, uh, approaches would um, reduce the rate of suicide um, in Nigeria and even in the world? Yes, it will. Yeah, like like she said, it is um, very important to take note of changes in people when they make when these changes are um, glaring. Even sometimes they might not be really glaring. So it will take someone who's discerning and who um, notices to see those changes. Um, the person might lose interest in once 
fun activities. For example, someone that loves to play football or watch football, all of a sudden doesn't have any interest in that anymore. Then you know that something is wrong. So yes, once we're able to identify this and get the person the needed help, it will be very effective in addressing the issue before it gets to the state where the person is nursing suicidal ideations. And I would like to um, point out too, like uh, when you asked about grief, it, grief has stages, yeah? So the person has to actually be able to go through the stages of grief. You get from denial to anger to bargaining, depression, then acceptance. When the person has gotten to that acceptance, where he has accepted what has happened, then you know that the person is out, is kind of out of the danger zone. But if the person is really um, in that depression stage and does not come out of it quickly, then the person actually needs needs help. So it is very important to take note of this. And when someone is suicidal, it is important to note that um, for someone to have a suicidal, what constitutes a suicidal emergency, the person must have thought of how they want to do it, when they want to do it, and even the place where they want to do it. Yeah, so hmm. place, time, and the means through which they will do it are very important. So when we see these things have, have already been set, set in place, for example, if someone in a suicide note, for example, makes some, um, make, is able to identify these particular things, then we need to get them help as soon as possible. That is a suicidal emergency, and they need help as soon as possible. Now, now for the Bandele now, he dropped a, a hint on his social media handle. And in the time past also, some of the cases that we have seen, people drop things on social media. And before you get to them, or the search begins to look for them, before you get to them, the deed has already happened. So what, what do you do um, when you realize that, okay, this person, so full of life, or who partied with you yesterday, is actually thinking about committing suicide. How do you get? How do you get to um, know this and even take action before it happens? Okay, is that for me? Yes, Mr. Ali. Okay, well, like it. I think it still boils down to our being discerning, to our being um, very uh, noticing of what happens to our friends, especially the people within our circle. You understand? Mm -hmm. It is very, very important. Little signs. I'm sure that before the, um, this person actually goes through with it, it might be dropping hints and people do not take them seriously. So it's important to take people seriously. Even when it seems as if the person is playing, we do not want to take them for granted because everyone is really um, on a fine thread, as it were, when it comes to their mental health, especially what has happened over the past year up till now. So a little thing can tick anyone up. So we need to be watchful. And social media has become a tool through which people actually voice out their, their problems, what's going on with them. And because of the um, whole fuss about um, social media, a lot of people just accept, take it as the person trying to chase clout or trying to gain attention for himself. But if you are in the circle of that person, the close circle, do not take anyone for granted because a lot of people will not voice out what they are going through. So once you are able to get a sign as to what is happening with them, please take it seriously and try to get them help as soon as possible. All right. 
Thank you so much, Mr. Ale. Well, if you're just joining us, it is Youth Assembly on Click Niger, and we are looking at the causes of suicide amongst Nigerian youths. We would like you to comment and tell us what you think is the cause of uh, suicide as it rises in Nigeria amongst youths. What causes it? We'd like to know. All right, we have a comment already. Naomi Ivaris, why are you laughing? She said, laugh hard. But okay, I think she's suggesting how to come out of... Um, um depression or how to come out of a difficult situation just laugh and um find happiness from what you're doing but uh over to you mr uh ajebe ayo now suicide is illegal in nigeria right so but with that's why this a lot of people are still committing suicide we, that's why they've been illegal so why do you think this is so okay we can't hear you you're muted i think sorry it's thank you i believe you can hear me now so i actually love when you ask the question because it's actually funny when a state or a country seems to focus on the illegal aspect of taking one's life and doing less of caring for that individual's life so it's 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 a, it's a serious i don't know that's why i'm laughing because i think well <laughs> We, we live work, we live work. like everybody know that suicide is illegal then it, it will, will it work in helping to stop it or from making people attempt to commit suicide it doesn't it doesn't okay because i know it's illegal to do something and i know that sometimes you need to understand you know when you saw, study suicidology to an extent there are three things i consider if i'm having a, you know someone in front of me Apart from, you know, after I've you know, considered several other symptoms and the conditions. Number one, currently, how is this person feeling? There's a sense of body some, like I explained earlier. Number two, the person does not feel connected to anyone again. Number three, there is an energy within the person to carry out the action. You understand? So mm -hmm. at that point that I have, even a phone call will only help to a certain extent. It will not help. It's like a very tiny anchor. And the thought of the law saying, can I take my life or not, is never going to be on my mind. Let's take, for instance, if the major cause or the, the significant cause of that, uh, that, that pushed the person to that point is a loss of job and the yeah. person have responsibility and is thinking, oh, what is the next point? and the person is a government worker or a civil servant, will that individual think of, oh, don't let me sin against the government or against the law of the land? No. So having a law that is saying suicide is, is illegal is not the point. What mm -hmm. are we doing? What what, what, how many airplanes has, has the government provided? Okay. You, know, you know, when you study criminology very well, there's a theory that says that it is the environment and the government that created crime. That it is not the individual that has a criminal nature. You understand what I'm saying? So, mm -hmm. back coming back to this suicidology, when you look at it at that critical point, you ask a question earlier from Mr. Ale that okay, at that point, when they post on social media, before we even go to them, last year the lady called me. I sent two Ubers to her environment, and me, I, I also tried to reach out to her. Before I got there, she's gone. Mm. So will that person think of law or something? Because um, when you look at the definition of suicide, it is described as a psychological pain. It is an intense pain at that point. 
So the person has a lower tendency of thinking of the law. So I don't even want to think about is it a crime or not. I'm not saying I'm I'm not, I'm not kind of going against that it's not a crime or not. What I'm saying is we should not focus on the aspect of is a crime. I could recall one case in 2018 or 2017 that a guy wanted to jump into the water or lagoon in Lagos. Then they got yeah. him. The police arrested him. I was lucky. Okay, is he arrested or take it to the professionals to help him? So at this point, what I will say to every individual is, even before we start seeing symptoms in people, because it is believed that before you can start seeing a behavior in me, me mm -hmm. as an individual may have been feeling it, but I don't know. May have been experiencing some things, but I don't know what it means. Until the point where I can't take it anymore, I'm not overwhelmed with that feeling. Number one, if you started having the thoughts, like Mrs. Awa said earlier, and Ayo, Ali, when you started having the thought of it, that's number one. When you discover that you are stressed and you are thinking of, okay, let me take a particular um, prescribed medication, or you're mm -hmm. using substances or the illicit substances to calm yourself down. When you have gotten to a point where you don't have purpose in life, you ask yourself, what am I even doing here? What is my purpose in life? What is my goal? The sense of meaninglessness, when you started having that, this is not people seeing it in you. You yourself, you'll be thinking about this on your own. Another one is you have a lot of anxiety, palpitation, you know, so, so a lot of panic, sweating, or uh, apprehension over there. And another thing is you are feeling trapped, like your life is not moving forward. You just feel trapped in one place, in relationship, at work, in your personal life, in family. You discover that you're feeling trapped like the wall is closing in and tightening of the chest. Another one, you feel like, like Mrs. Awai explained earlier, when you see this person is withdrawn. Where I'm coming from now is when you yourself, you discover that, oh, when was the last time I actually called this person, chat this person, visit yeah. this person? You know that personally you're becoming withdrawn from the environment. Even if you are still going to work, you only go there, to clock in, clock out, you are not productive, so that at least at the end of the month, they will not deduct your salary. And you know, and another thing is you become irritable. Any little thing gets you angry. In the cab, in the Uber, driving on the road, in the house, watching a movie, you get angry. And when you now discover that you are engaging in reckless behavior, some people that's when they will now be drinking, maybe their own, uh, uh, is probably they can only take a can of alcohol before a, a beer or so. Now they are now taking essence that they don't care whatever happens, engaging in risky behaviors, risky sexual activities, taking excessive alcohol, driving recklessly at a high speed. Those are things you may not know, but when you discover that you started doing most of these things, and a sudden mood change, when you now discover that your mood just in the morning you wake up, all well and good, oh, today is going to be a bright day, you did all yeah. the self-talk mm -hmm. and self-affirmation thing, and you just discover that in the next one or two hours, is like you're not the same person that woke up with a high spirit. When it's called that your mood twist and changes, we are not talking about mood swing or bipolar this time around. It's just called that your mood changes drastically within hours, within days. All those things, when you've observed all these things in yourself, quickly, don't wait till when oh, I'm not thinking of suicide, yes. Yet, you may not be thinking of suicide, but all those things can get you to that point. Please, and this also goes to government or, government or other institutions, let's look at how we can provide more platform rather than if government is saying is an is a is, is a is a crime then the same government should have different lifelines at least as in nigeria we're more than 200 million at least we should have 200 different lifelines 
that people can call toll free by now provided by government. Now, now speaking about or government, of, you mm. understand? Yes, if you are saying it's a crime, that if you commit a crime, there is prison, there is uh, police, and everybody to get you. If you commit this type of crime, this is what you do. If you commit a crime to your life, which is committing suicide, uh, attempting suicide, or because if you commit suicide, the person is already dead. If the person attempted suicide, that is when they say it is a crime. Okay, what is the platform? What are we doing presently? Awareness, what are we doing? Because oh, people are going through also, In terms of policies also, mental health experts have uh, come out to say Nigeria does not have an effective suicide prevention policy. Um, I'd like you to answer what kind of policies do you think would you love to see the government come up with to help people with suicidal tendencies? Okay, um, yeah, it, uh, it's a big problem that the government doesn't have um, right what is the place. The first thing is even that if you commit suicide, yeah, if you attempt suicide, you'll be arrested. And that's why most people who want to attempt suicide will make sure that they do it. Because if you do it, you cannot uh, arrest somebody who is dead. You will just have buried them. So they would rather do something so drastic that mm. they won't even survive it. So you don't get to arrest them. You know. So, but the first thing first is for the federal government to even identify and accept that this is just like a physical health issue, mental health issue is uh, a health problem. Do you get what I mean? As in, just like diabetes and all this is a health problem, suicide ideation and other mental health issues is a health problem. So the way they focus on the um, physical health problems, that's the same way they should focus on mental health problems. So um, every, every general hospital, for example, or every... Um, national health care center should also have a mental health clinic and in that mental health clinic it should be made of a policy thing that it should be um, a hotline a suicide uh, prevention hotline or even a crisis hotline or whatever hotline such that people can call in because another thing I, I hear do we, do we have such you know we have a hotline where people with um, the suicide attendants can actually reach we, out a professional to talk. We have private organizations who have private organizations, but I don't know of any from the federal government. But we, I know that private organizations have so, so um, such, but the federal government doesn't have. And the truth of the matter is, mental health care is expensive. I, um, you know, I have said it too. I also have said it, and I have said it that when you have this issue, you seek help. But the truth of the matter is, we can't deny the fact that a lot of people cannot afford to seek this help. And because it's not available in general hospital where the federal government is sponsoring and paying these doctors and it's cheap to attend uh, to attend physical health care, because it's not available in these general hospitals, people who cannot afford it, even when they know they the problem and they want to seek help, there is no way they can seek help. So if the federal government can actually make it mandatory that every um, healthcare um, clinic under them, whether it's federal, whether it's state, whether it's local government, 
every single one has a mental health clinic, just just like we have a maternity clinic, an ENT clinic, um, a gynec, you know, just like we have all those clinics in those places, we should also have a mental health clinic where people can come in and, uh, you know, get mental health care that they can afford. And the federal government is paying the staff that is being employed there. That will go a long way because just like we've noted, there's always a, a process. You don't just wake up one day and become suicidal. Something has happened. A lot of things have gone under the water before you get to that stage. And when these things begin to happen, so like, for example, Ayo said, you begin to drink too much, you begin to speak too much, you begin to withdraw. You know something is going wrong with you. You can always walk into the clinic and they can always do a second for you and know precisely what's going on and catch it on time. We all know that, um, you know, a stitch in time saves life. The yes. earlier you catch some of these things, the better for you. So if I catch um, a, a depression that is mild now, because there are different stages of depression. So there's mild, there's moderate, there's severe, and there's really extreme. So when I catch a depression at mild or moderate, treating it is easier and um, um, less expensive than catching a um, depression that is severe or extreme, where you even may need to, you know, hospitalize the person just like addiction too when somebody has mild addiction you catch it on time it's easier to treat that individual and save the person from addiction and eventually committing suicide or doing whatever it is that is wrong or um, going into risky behavior it's better to treat that person early than when it gets to the severe stage where in fact there are other health complications okay before no, 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 treatment now, now that you mentioned, if it gets to that stage where somebody attempts suicide, um, what should people around the person do to make sure that um, they help the loved one from even carrying through and um, next time and making sure the person the person kills himself? So, what should people around the the, the person or um, family friends, I mean, do at that point where you know that this person has attempted it, do to make sure that it doesn't happen again, and you know. The person might be unlucky the next time. Mr. Allen. Okay. Um, I think is it's very important for the uh, family members to first realize that they are caregivers and not health professionals. So they mm. do not want to be the ones to bring out strategies on how they should cope or anything. They are there to give support. What they should do is to make sure that they get them the right professional help. Take them to a psychologist or a psychiatrist that will give them the help that they really need. It is not on in your place as a family member or as a friend to be the one to self-medicate them or try to give them strategies that would work. Because if you keep them at home without getting them the right professional help, you're doing more harm than good to them. So, so in Nigeria, we see a lot of people who are so religious. When this happens, they tend to take them to their religious leaders. Is that also okay to do um, in terms of getting help? Well, um, the pe people have different uh, religious beliefs, and um, we, we would not take that away from them. But okay. while still praying, there is nothing wrong with seeking the right professional or medical help. It is very, very important. Uh, I don't know, maybe Ayo was uh, weighing on this because he was yes, smiling. Yes, I see him smiling. <laughs> From experience, tell us. Yeah. You, 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 thank you, you, thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Yes, um, 
you're very right. I've met different people that came for therapy. And if I discover that you have a very strong religious background, I also tend to change my model that I'm using with the person. But when it gets to the point where um, you know you have a wound on your leg and the leg is kind of bringing up pulse or blood every morning, Mm-hmm. Yes, we have to pray about it, but you are feeling the pain, you are seeing the pain, you are seeing everything. You de- Nobody will tell you to go to the hospital. And I'm very sure your religious leader will give you probably certain amount of money as a support. Young man or young lady go to the hospital and get this wound treated, right? Mm-hmm. So the, one of the problems we have with mental health issues is you, you hardly see them. You understand? So there's a possibility that we actually put things that we cannot see you know, to higher power, higher forces. Just like Ayo said, uh, Ali, I know him as Ayo, so you know him as Ali here. So, uh, so as you, you can be praying for me that the therapy should work faster. You can be praying for me that the treatment should work faster. When you, when religious leaders go to the hospital to pray, that is what they are trying to do, to pray for the treatment to work faster, right? So you can do that, but don't only limit it alone on the um, church or taking him to imam or going to pastor alone. You know, you they can be ending prayer. Prayer is so powerful. You can pray for someone in the in, in Netherlands for Nigeria and it will it will work. Mm. So when the person is having other issues, please let's go to the best uh um uh professionals. And one of the problems we have also is it is still the stigmatizing aspect that comes with the mental health also. Oh, we don't want to tarnish the image of our, of our family name. We don't, want to, we don't want people to know that you are experiencing a mental health issue. We are blocking it for you. And like what Mr. Awa said earlier, that getting it early will help the recovery work faster. What if the person has been covering it or the family has been covering it up, you know, for a longer period? I met the lady that messaged me on Twitter. She's like 14 years old. And we started talking about, oh, I need to meet your parent. She told her parent that, oh, this is what I'm going through. I'm supposed to go and, you know, to the office of this person face to face. And the lady gave me a report that I, it broke my heart. You understand? From the parents. You know, yeah. you get what I'm saying? So what I'm trying to say is we education about, you know, uh, who a psychologist as a word, psychologist or psychiatrist as a word, number one. Yes. What mental illness mean as, as a statement, as, as, as a word also, it matters a lot. We need to know these things. It's not a bad thing. If someone message you that, oh, I need to see a psychologist, ah, guy, you don't need to look. No, you no, know, you see, like, what what explain... people have this judgmental attitude towards people who... Yeah, that, that, that is the point. And you are judgmental because you don't know. When you have low level of knowledge about a particular thing, don't generalize your low level or your low understanding about that field. Mm. What if I say I want to be a psychologist? It could be an educational psychologist, like she mentioned earlier. I may have an organization that I need a psychologist to come and do a kind of anger management or stress management for them. We are all seeing psychology, we are all seeing psychiatrists. But the thing is, let's take our mental health serious. Let's say the mental health of our world serious. When there is a problem, there is confidentiality. It is part of our ethics of our job as a professional. You are covered, you are, you are protected. Go to the professional while you're still praying, go to the professional and 
you know, seek yeah. towards your health okay. at, so, at the right time, please. Yeah, so we're, we're, we're out of time, but before we go, what, what is your message to somebody who is out there contemplating suicide? Um, Mrs. Hawa. Okay, um, I'm going to that person in. Whatever is happening, know that is a face. And this face would go into giving time. Mm. Life is all about quickness. So the current face you are in now is something that will go if we are willing to waste the time. The second thing is for whatever you're going through, there is hope. The main reason why people go into suicidal attempt is hopelessness. And I want every single person to know that no matter what you're going through, there is always hope. And hold on to that hope. Hold on to that rope of hope. And just know that you know, everything and anything does have a solution. What you need to do is look for that solution. Mm, thank you so much, uh, Hawa Bello. Hawa Bello is uh, a psychotherapist. Um, for the kind words that you have said today. But Mr. Ale, before we go, what would you say? Um, uh, you know, people are asking the question, psychologists, clinical psychologists, all of these doctors, do they even have difficult times? How do they deal with it? How would you express, just to encourage somebody out there, how do you express anger? Do you keep it in or what do you do? Um, so that people know that you are also human and that they can talk to you. Yes. Okay, thanks um, so much. Um, I'm sorry. Okay, yeah, sure, Mr. Ale, sure. Okay, so um, for me personally, I want people to know that we are all humans and the same um, things that affect you affect me too. So it is very important to know that the people around you, your, your, um, the human support you have is very, very important. Talking to people about, about your issues really, really helps. So um, whenever you have um, any issues, anything that is bothering you, don't keep it into yourself. Don't um, find solitude or try to say, I can handle this myself. You have friends, you have people that are ready to listen to you, people that will not make you feel like a burden. That is what I do. I talk to my friends about anything that is going on with me, even though they might not have practical suggestions. The fact that I've spoken about it makes me feel better. Sometimes too, I engage in exercise, I um, engage in um, activities that are fun for me, like reading a book or going out or just taking a walk just to clear my head. So these things actually help me and um, I believe that they can help others too. All right. Thank Hi. you so much for doing this with us today on Youth Assembly. And to you also, Mr. Ayo Ajewe, clinical psychologist and team lead mentally aware Nigeria, Mani, Abuja chapter. Thank you for taking time to do this with us also. Hawa Bendo was also our guest, who is a psychotherapist. We'll do this again tomorrow for another interesting edition. So join us for that edition of Youth Assembly. My name is Sylvia Ishebe. And please remember to take your mental health seriously, like the doctors in the house. In fact, I am giving you the, 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 the title doctors today for all of the tips and strategies you have given us uh, on the show uh, today. Have a fantastic day and of course a good week all of you this show was put together by Ihoma Ukeji thank you so much have thank a good day bye for now thank you thank you for your time you can drop your comments and suggestion and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at click Niger we're also on Twitter at click Niger one